0: serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting Trials and Triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, Founder and Managing Director of New You, with this week's guest.
1: Welcome to another edition of New Voices. My name is Aaron Wiggum. I am your host for today, as well as the Managing Director of New You. New You serves as a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. We're going to have a wonderful conversation here today with a a young man who is doing some amazing things in the city of Tulsa. And he's going to share his journey with us. I know this guy to be uh, a man of faith. I know him to be a man of few words. (laughs) I know him to be uh, very insightful. He's very insightful. He's always thinking very pensive uh, gentlemen and I, what I what I appreciate most about him, and I'll t- I'll give him his flowers in my in his intro here, is that um, he really wants what's good for the greater good. He's never thinking about the individual. He's always thinking about the collective win. And I really appreciate that about him and the work that he's leading and the efforts that he is actually doing. I want you to welcome to our show today none other than Tim Mwesigwe.
2: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. It's it's really an honor to be here and uh, on New you Voices talking to you um you know this already you're someone that i highly respect and um and i think this is a great opportunity thank you for having me absolutely i appreciate that and so uh we
1: typically start we're going to just have a conversation so i want you to lose all pretense i'm to, i said it to you off camera i'm gonna say it to you on camera yeah like feel free to move your hands do what you got to do you're yeah a, you're in a safe space right now right okay this safe is space. Me, me and you dialoguing. all tensions
2: Go right yes, now. Yeah, there
1: you go, my yeah. guy. All right, so I want you to walk us through what is the Tim Mwasigwa mm-hmm. story?
2: Yeah, Tim Mwasigwa story. And that's pronounced as Mwasegwa. You're doing a great job. I'm, I'm trying my
1: best. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get every <laughs>
2: syllable in there. Yeah, yeah um, Tim Mwasigwa, my last name, mm-hmm. sort of tells you that I'm not from here. Yes. Uh, I was born and raised in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, Grew up in Uganda, mm-hmm. spent about 18 years of my life in Uganda. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a small town out of Kampala. Kampala is a capital city of Uganda, right. which is, Uganda is, for those that do not know, it's in uh, the eastern part of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a landlocked country surrounded by Kenya and Tanzania. Most of, most people know Kenya and Tanzania. Yes. And... Um, most people probably don't know Uganda, but mm-hmm. it's a small country of about 45 million people. Mm. And Kampala itself has about 3.5 of those 45 million people. Okay. So I grew up in a small town called Natete, which is out of Kampala, mm-hmm. Um, grew up in a faith-based family. My yeah. parents are both uh, preachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was always on the road. Um, and so grew up in a in a very small uh, town with a very large community, though, uh, which has been one of the biggest things uh, for me trying to find myself in Tulsa yeah. community because I grew up in a place where... I knew everyone um, within, you know, a 10 mile radius, because yes. we we were that much connected to everyone around us. Right. Um, and so grew up, you know, Christian, a Christian home, mm-hmm. went to schools within that small town. My mom was an English teacher mm. in Uganda. Uh, she stopped teaching or she gave up on her career for some time there when she gave birth to my um, third brother. So I have three siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she gave up on, on her career for some time to take care of us, Mm -hmm. which I think was such a, um, a great thing because Mm. she really wanted to invest in us. Um, I think one of the questions that I've always asked myself, uh, growing up, you know, in Uganda, and I think it's really, uh, what our parents wanted us to ask ourselves always, Mm -hmm. how can someone grow up in such a small place and do great things? Mm. And so that's really part of my story and how I ended up here Mm. is, Always thinking big and and that's what our parents really wanted us to, to think beyond Uganda and uh, our small country and small city and Mm -hmm. small city mentality, break that and think beyond just where we were born and raised uh, doing great things. Yeah.
1: Okay, and so um, after you're growing up as a youth through uh, coming out of Uganda... Well, let's stay there for a second. Let's stay in that place. So I first was, you know... uh, Uganda was first brought to my attention by the Idi Amin story, right? And through like you know uh, all the unrest that kind of happened through through his uh, tyranny, right? And um, can you talk a little bit? I know you're probably young during right. that time and and whatnot, but can you talk a little bit about the aftermath of his regime? Yeah, and like what? what you know, how has Uganda recovered, or is it has it recovered from? You know some of the unrest that that is taking place,
2: right, I, Aaron? To answer that question, I was not born. By yeah, okay, then. that's think. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so I was born in ninety seven, and oh, all of this oh, happened while you right, young. Okay, yeah, okay. Before, okay. but I mean, my mom was my both my parents were well and alive right. by then, yeah. and and they tell us stories of how horrible it was to yeah. live in under such a regime, yeah. where um, you know, like you had to be in your house by four p.m. right. Otherwise, if you were found on the street, you just, you know, if you'd make it through the night. Yeah, And so, I mean, Uganda has its history from Idi Amin mm-hmm. to uh, Northern Uganda, where Kony has been like terrorizing people for so many years. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like we have recovered from that. Mm-hmm. There's still wounds from the past. Like you, there's people that today, like people that are 80 uh, years old right. still tell you yeah. that was a horrible time to leave. Yes. And and they make us grateful and tell us all the time in Uganda when growing up in Uganda they will tell you that you need to be grateful for the freedom you have right now. That's right. The fact that you can be up out in at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. is is a blessing because there's a time where Uganda was under such um dictatorship. Yes. And and people didn't have the freedom like girls didn't go to school. Like my mom only went to school because my, my grandmother really, really like wanted her to go to school. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my grandmother got married at 15 years. Mm-hmm. And and so that was a story for so many people. Right. Uh, and, and that has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not where we want it to be, right. but it has really changed it's from the Idi Amin time, yeah. the, you know, Obote time, yeah. several other leaders that came after Idi Amin. And um, we now have a president that has been president for 37 years, right. which is not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we are grateful for the peace. Yeah. Um, people are still living that places in Uganda. I didn't grow up in abject poverty, so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to sit here and say I grew up in that. Right but i know people that grew up in that yes there's still parts of uganda that are experience poverty mm-hmm. are experiencing poverty right now um and so i'm grateful for the progress mm-hmm. but i still think there's there's so much ahead yeah. i mean considering that 80% of the population of Uganda right now is under the age of 25, which is wow. which is crazy. Wow. Um, okay. It's one of the youngest uh, countries in the world. Mm. Uh, so there's so much hope with a younger generation, but we've also had like dictators. Mm. Although the one, uh, the president we have right now is, you know, has been there for thirty-seven years, mm. and he understands the concept of peace and and living in a place where there's peace, mm-hmm. but there's just so much lacking, like yes. economic development, yeah. opportunities for for young people, which uh, ties into my story. Mm. Um, growing up in Uganda, I, I just look at my peers and the people I grew up with, mm-hmm. and they they didn't think beyond you know, graduating from high school and maybe staying at home until you get married yeah. and and maybe working in your father's uh, garden. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't think beyond that. Um, and for me, I think our parents just like always encouraged us to think beyond our parents in a small town. Mm-hmm. And that uh, pushed me and my brothers, but I have two siblings mm-hmm. here, uh, to think, how do we like get great education mm-hmm. Better education, and um, you know, really do th- great things, mm-hmm. and, and go beyond the borders of Uganda. Yeah, and so that's how we we both yeah. three of us ended up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for those that do not know, I work for Intulsa mm-hmm. as as an operations manager. I did my MBA at OU. My brother is an electrical engineer right now. And mm-hmm. saying all those things to say that, um, you know, looking back at our colleagues yeah. that we grew up with, our yeah. peers. Yeah they're not anywhere close to where we are mm-hmm. and and I don't say this to to make them look bad mm-hmm. it's just that you know growing up in a place like that where you don't see so many opportunities for right. people your age group right. um you're limited in your thinking and how you can break out of that right. and so that's why there's that cycle of like poverty and people just like stay within the same mm-hmm. you know loop of like you know the same family and and after graduation there's just nothing to do after that yeah there's not so many opportunities for many people yeah
1: no that's 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 good to share uh let's stay let's stay in Uganda for one one more moment uh right. th- when you think about uh well I have two questions one, what do you miss about home Ooh. all right, and then the other question is you know walk us through walk our listeners through the beauty and the tapestry of Uganda and the rich history
2: oh yeah so Uganda i mean let, let me also take it back to you know the size of the country, yeah. Uh, I think that's where all of this is going to like, you know, blow people's minds. Mm -hmm. Uganda is, um, if you're, you know, for American listeners, the state of Texas is like three times bigger than the country Uganda. Right. Alaska, the state of Alaska Mm -hmm. is six times the size of Uganda. Right. Um, But, you know, with... That much size of a country, Mm -hmm. there's just so much. We're so blessed with natural resources and, like, you know beautiful weather, mm-hmm. we have tropical climate throughout the, the year, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really get hot, it doesn't get cold, it's beautiful weather throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We are also blessed with like just fertile land, like people can grow crops mm-hmm. and survive on that, yeah. uh, which you don't find in certain parts of uh, of Africa, right. especially in the north where it's like desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so the western part of Uganda is really where most of the tourists go. Um, if there's also a fun fact, um, Several missionaries came to Uganda years ago, Mm -hmm. and they had gone through several parts of Africa to get to Uganda, Mm -hmm. and they consider Uganda one of the most beautiful places Mm. (laughs) on earth. Wow. Uh, Because the source of the Nile, River Nile, is in Uganda. Wow, I didn't know that. That's what most people do not know. It flows from Uganda through Sudan to Egypt, but Mm. um, there's just so much to see mm-hmm. and um, the beauty in in just like the resources we have, the rivers, the streams, mm-hmm. the lakes like Victoria, Lake Victoria uh, yeah. which is one of the famous lakes that most people know. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Uganda, you know, those are the things that we, we were known for as a country. Yeah. And um, that's one of the greatest sources of income to that country itself is tourism. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people that come to Uganda for the lakes. Yeah. Uh, we have one of the largest gorilla parks mm. in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's such a beautiful country mm-hmm. with an interesting history. Uh, but it's it's amazing. I encourage anyone that has never been to Uganda or thinking of going to Africa mm-hmm. and has not thought of Uganda as one of those places to check it out, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. and what do you miss most about home?
2: Oh, what I miss most about home is uh I think the food, okay, yeah, uh, of course my mom I tell you this funny story. My mom came in last Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, she brought us a whole, like, suitcase. We paid for an extra suitcase of food. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, that's how much. Yes. As an immigrant, that's one thing you always miss. Uh, I'll speak for myself. That's one thing that I miss about my country. Yes. The food. Yeah. uh, Which is a variety of, like, cuisines. Mm -hmm. Like... We have all kinds. We don't have spicy food. Mm-hmm. All our food is mostly sweet, okay. but it's organic and, and it's really different. Okay. Um, the flavors are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lived in India where mm-hmm. there was plenty of flavors too, right. but moving to any country, there's just that one thing that you you miss about your country. And for me, it's, it's food, the yeah. food um, that my mom would make. So I, I'm really blessed to have her here for a month. Yeah. Uh, she'll be making uh food for us throughout the month you have to, uh, you have to
1: get just, your pants adjusted oh yeah. I, know. yeah I yeah.
2: gain like five pounds, yeah. pounds every time she's here yeah so wow. that's exciting uh that my mom is here mm-hmm. um for like three years we couldn't get her here and, right. and we finally uh managed to get her here last year yeah
1: wow yeah. That's, that's good man so uh as we we're going through uh, your your timeline here, you um, go to school. Yes, you choose to go to ORU. Yes, okay. And what made ORU your your choice?
2: Well, um, I think there's there's a story in between Uganda and okay. ORU. Tell us it. That's really pivotal and changed my life. Okay. Um. So, growing up in Uganda, again, I said, parents encourage us to dream big. Uh they wanted us to go to universities abroad mm-hmm. and get that exposure mm-hmm. get involved in, in Mars in like different cultures and different countries um Well, they could not afford that back then when when i I was ready to go to college well, so I applied to several universities abroad, and all of them came back with saying we're we're admitting you, but you know you we're giving you like a partial scholarship yeah. and um my parents were like. Yeah. So I got like admitted into like three universities in the UK, but my parents could not afford, Mm. Uh, got admitted here, could not afford. Mm -hmm. My parents are like, so what's the, you know, in between, between, uh, you know, Europe or the US? um, Could you look at Asia? Yeah. And so I started looking at universities in China and India Mm -hmm. and um, long story short, found a university in India, in northern part of India in a state called Punjab, Mm -hmm. where I went for my first degree. So I did my undergrad in accounting. Now that part of my life is what's amazing because I was 18 when I left Uganda. Moving to a whole new place as used to, uh, you know, my mom coming back home and my, my both my parents are there mm. and they're taking care of me. Now at 18, I'm moving to a whole new country where they speak a, whole, a so many different languages. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any one of them except mm. that I could speak English and my classes were in English. Mm. Um, so I had to learn a whole new language, mm-hmm. get used to uh In in northern part of India, I I don't think they had that had had much exposure to people that looked like me. Mm. And so I got so many people walking up to me wanting to take photos with me. (laughs) That was a whole different experience. (laughs) Um, Like I would get. People walk up to me, kids walk up to me and want to touch me. Yes, yes. And what, my classmates in my class, they would want to take me to their parents, uh, you know, see this, you know, guy from Africa, mm-hmm. from Uganda. Yeah. And that was a whole new thing mm-hmm. for me. Like as adjusting to the weather, it was really hot. Yeah. Um, as Adjusting to the spicy food in India, yes, which is amazing. Spicy, yeah. I now love Indian food. Me too. Uh, Asian food in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but adjusting to all of those different culture shocks. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to a point where I was like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm 18. I, I shouldn't be going through all of this. Uh, so I tried to convince my parents to take me back home to Uganda or let me come back home. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, no. Uh, my dad was like, you know, he's a traditional African man, mm-hmm. so he's like, "You're an, you're a man, so mm-hmm. you should like, you know, figure, figure it, it out. out." Yeah, yeah, figure it F- out. Figure out yep. how to make it. Yes, and that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to my mom behind my dad's back, mm-hmm. and of course, my mom <laughs> she buys me a ticket back home. But and I thought it was going to be a one way flight to mm-hmm. Uganda. Mm-hmm. Well, she buys a return ticket for like a uh, two months return she's like, when you get back home, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll talk through this mm-hmm. and you go back and finish your degree. Because the other thing that I learned growing up was, you know, we don't quit. Like when you start right. something, That's right. you've got to finish, gotta finish it. it. Yes. And that was a principle in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to school, you've got to graduate. <laughs> you know, you have to go through all the phases, uh, regardless of how tough it is. Mm-hmm. You've got to do it until uh, you, you finish it. Yeah completed so i flew back home mm-hmm. after that one semester in india and i'm like mommy this is hard i cannot do it i tried to convince my dad he's like you're going to have to go back mm-hmm. and you know my parents talked me into going back and they were like you know the principal in this house you cannot just like come back and say i quit, I quit. Yeah. because it's tough yeah and so i i ended up going back to india uh-huh. And finished three years. I finished my degree in three years. Mm. because I You <laughs> had, had to get
1: it done. Yeah, had get out the way.
2: Um, I had to get it done. Yeah. And um, the next two and a half years after that one semester where I had to go back and mm-hmm. come back to India were like some of the most amazing years of my life. Wow. Because I ended up being, um, you know, president of international students on campus mm-hmm. because now as helping other international students become, you know, fit into the culture and figure out their their life in India Mm. um, and ended up becoming class valedictorian, did so well in my classes. And that period of time, the first six months were hard. But the fact that I went back to India, stuck it out, Mm. really, really made me stronger and more confident that moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma, was not such a huge Uh, thing for me because I was really just taking what I learned from my previous experience Mm -hmm. and uh, just, you know, and Tulsa and and India, Punjab are completely different places. Of course. (laughs) But um, that experience really taught me to be, uh, you know, resilient. Yeah. and, uh, and, And so I'm so grateful for that experience that I had, tough, but really made me who I am today.
1: Yeah wow that's powerful and so how did that segue into ORU
2: um yes so the dream was but my parents again are preachers uh they watched Oral Roberts Roberts. back in the day and Mm -hmm. so they they really had this vision of um their kids would end up at ORU at some point Mm -hmm. um and so they wanted us to come so my brother came here before me actually Mm -hmm. um because by the time he went he, he had to come to college. My parents at that point could afford at least to get him into college, but he also got scholarships mm-hmm. at OU that helped him, um, you know, helped our parents be able to afford, mm-hmm. uh, sco- American college, which yeah. is expensive. Um, and so I applied to OU um, mm-hmm. to join my brother. Again, my parents really wanted us to be at OU and have that whole experience of, uh, American education mm-hmm. and see where that would take us. Um, so got admitted into RU and came here in 2021 um and did my MBA at RU. While doing my MBA at RU, my brother was interning for one of the George Kaiser Family Foundation Summer Impact Academy internships. Mm-hmm. And he told me about a new program that was launching mm-hmm. uh, called Attento. Mm-hmm. So I looked up at at Attento mm-hmm. and applied to um, one of their MBA. Actually, I think they call it the Attentonship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for master's students, I applied and um, the operations manager reached out. Josephine mm-hmm. Attento reached out to me and said, hey, I'd like to bring you on. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I end up in, in this ecosystem mm-hmm. that I'm working in right now.
1: Got it. And shout outs to jo- Josephine, Josephine, by the way. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. Sim- simply amazing. Um, okay, so let's talk about the wows of navigating the immigration process in America and how, you know, what are some challenges that you faced and what are some things that you've had to endure. Right. learning a new culture a new way of life here some of the rigors of you know being planted in middle America right leaving a country where everybody looks like you right to a, a place where very few people look like you right yeah. so let's let's talk a little bit about that
2: yes uh that's such a great question Aaron um I think I talked about this already but moving to India mm-hmm. was Give me that exposure to different cultures, yes, and um, that was my first test of variety of cultures because we had students from all over the all world, over, right? Yeah. So, and then my experience has also been sort of different from lots of other mm-hmm. people that immigrate to the U.S. because I got, I came to RU and the, RU has a large international students community, mm-hmm. and so that was my support system mm-hmm. when I got here. Now moving to again to Tulsa, Oklahoma, has its own challenges and mm-hmm. differences. Um, so c- my f- biggest cultural shock, I think, was really um, how fast people spoke here, mm-hmm. and my classes were were just the accent. Mm-hmm. Like I, for some time, they couldn't get me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't get them, and yeah. everyone would ask me to say it again, right. and and I was like, I'm I'm really struggling. I, I feel mm-hmm. like. I can speak English, but I'm struggling to have conversations with people. Um, I think that was my hugest, uh, biggest culture shock. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think the immigration process, my immigration journey Mm -hmm. has also been, it's nothing but but a miracle because most international students like get here on an F1 visa And have to, you know, finish out their F1 degree program Mm -hmm. and then move into CPT or RPT, which is like a year of like practical training, Mm -hmm. gives them uh, some work authorization to work here, which was the same case for me. I had to finish, finish out my degree. But during my program, I got into a Tento. Mm -hmm. I worked at a Tento for um, three months or so during my internship. And Attento, uh gave me a full-time position. So I didn't have to go through the hassle of right. trying to find jobs or employers that can sponsor me. Because, again, Attento already was more way ahead of several other employers in that thinking of, you know, we can hire international students and, and keep them on. So right. that helped me. Um, and... I went through the process with uh, thankfully with in Tulsa and Megan Thomas, who really, um, I'm so grateful because there's people like that, that can see potential mm-hmm. in someone and say, I will sponsor this international student. Uh, I don't know if they'll stay, but I'll mm-hmm. sponsor them yes. and give them a chance, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I got into the H1B visa program um, through Intulsa. I got selected. Now, the H one B visa is is a lottery. So you there's a pool of visas. So many people apply to this uh, program, yeah. and only a handful are selected. Are selected. Yeah. Now I I count myself blessed that yeah. I was because yeah. I know so many other people that applied to this program that were not selected. Mm-hmm. So that sort of put me onto this path. Uh, that not so many international students get Mm -hmm. because some of them either get employers that can sponsor them, but cannot go through the H1B because it's a lottery. They never get selected, so they have to go back to school. Mm -hmm. So my immigration journey has not been as challenging as so many other people, but um, it, the immigration system in America is challenging for anyone that goes through it. It takes time. Yes. And I've talked to you about this. There's a time where I was like nervous. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'll, I'll get selected. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get selected back then in 2022, mm-hmm. I would have to leave the country yeah. or go back to school. Um, So there's not so many options for you. Um, But I'm grateful that I got selected and I'm on um path to uh, maybe cities uh, – permanent residency at some point, mm-hmm. uh, which not not so many international students get that opportunity. So my story has really been different, okay. uh, but challenging, of course. There are nights where you think, um, what happens if, you know, April 1 comes and mm-hmm. I find out I wasn't selected? Yeah. Uh, do I just like pack my bags and leave? Yeah. Um, or do I go back to school? What happens? Mm-hmm. And um, that... Time is just not, not ideal, but you have to keep the faith, one, but also just keep thinking about the bigger picture um, of, you know, I, I know what I want in life mm-hmm. and I know where I want to go mm-hmm. and I won't give up now. Yeah, And I'm not going to quit in my mind now. Yeah, and And so that got me through that time, my faith and just the belief that, you know things are going to work out one way or the other, and 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 so that's how I'm, e- I'm I'm actually here today. Okay, so when
1: you you're going through this process, you are, uh, you know, you spent your time in India. Yes, you're now in Tulsa. You are going through this whole visa situation, right? And. Um, You're working a full-time job. Yes. Um, You are also helping your brothers to come to America.
2: Right. right? And uh, guardian to my youngest brother. Okay. Guardian to your... your, Yeah.
1: So all of this pressure at at age what? 26. 26 years old. Yeah. Okay. While learning a new culture. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the pressure. Okay. Uh, We have a saying at New You um that pressure gives you energy stress takes your energy it right so but it, sometimes if too much pressure it becomes stress right right and when it's stressed that's when you break yes so let's talk about the pressure of being the first uh not to come to america but the, the first to like plant the the, the plant the seeds and kind of get right. you know everything else is yeah Talk about that. what is that what is the weight does what is what does the weight of that feel like? And how did you internalize it or release it, or are you still working through that? or like did you go to therapy? like help help us to understand how to navigate that whole th- how you navigate that
2: thing? Yeah, I am not perfect. so okay. <laughs> I am still what none of through us are it. yeah, um, I think for me, I've always dealt with pressure uh, in my own way. Because I'm the firstborn of Mm -hmm. three, four Mm -hmm. boys, so like my parents always told me, your brothers are looking up to you. Yeah. So I mean, making it in America (laughs) is not just the pressure of me trying to make it. There's also like my whole family hinging on this breakthrough. Yes. Um, And so I've I've felt the pressure.
1: Yeah.
2: It's exhausting sometimes. Yes. There are times when you wake up and you're like, this is exhausting. Mm -hmm. I have a young brother that's just turned 18 mm-hmm. we pay his tuition and take care of him he's in a private school mm-hmm. um and then you know my parents you know we we sort of like also help them come here yeah. they stay here it's with roles now right yeah and then work right and so there's there's so many pressures mm-hmm. uh but my way i've always found my you know self-place or uh health is yeah. is faith and yeah. i've always like Uh, run to my faith because it's really uh, fundamental to me what I believe in and um, you know just serving in church helps me sometimes Mm -hmm. after a stressful week I I work I serve at my church and um, just trusting in God and Mm -hmm. that has always taken me through some of the most exhausting weeks of Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean pressure does help you become confident sometimes yeah and um, going through all of this, the whole H-1B process, mm-hmm. the pressure of of thinking, you know, I've got to go through this process yeah. to secure this full-time job from, you know, even going back to when I just started my MBA, MBA program, mm-hmm. the pressure of I have to graduate through this at the end of this program right. and get a job. And get a job, yeah. And, you know, get a job that can pay me enough to leave yeah. in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, it has always been, you know, encouraging that after all of this, like graduating from OU, mm-hmm. I became stronger and more confident. Yeah. Um, you know, going through this immigration process, I can boldly tell other people you can make it because I know I have gone through this process and it has some way refined me and yes. made me a better person and a stronger yeah. person, more resilient. Right. Um, but I, I think you know the pressure always like strengthens us. Mm-hmm. But if it's too much pressure and you don't have an out or yes. a way of an escape, mm-hmm. uh, a place you escape to, it can break you. Yes, And um, I, I've been there before, yeah. right? Like at all you, I had to keep a full-time job to pay for school. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and also figure out how I can work uh and do my full full time MBA program. Mm-hmm. And it got really too much for me. I, I gained so much weight. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so all you has this program where you can do therapy. So I and coming from Uganda, therapy mm-hmm. is not, not a thing. It's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Um so it, it took me it took some convincing, but mm-hmm. also realizing that I need help. I needed help. Mm-hmm. And so I went to therapy for some time there. Um, So it it has always really just been figuring out what are ways I could escape Mm -hmm. and find help, uh, but still, you know, learn through these pressures that come. Yeah.
1: Do you feel as though you've made a way?
2: For myself and my brothers? Yes. (laughs) That's a tough question. I know. That's why why I was trying to... um, But I feel like I... um, Trying to make a way. Okay. And, um, you know, my parents being here is is a big, it's a huge dream for us. Yeah. Like, we're planning a trip to Bronson, Missouri, Mm -hmm. up here soon. Um, But my parents have never been on vacation. Yes. Because we grew up trying to make ends meet. Right. And so seeing myself here. Yeah. Supporting my parents, my brother. Yeah. I feel like that's the start, the yeah. beginning. There's so much more. I by no means feel like I have arrived, but yeah. I feel like we're starting to see, um, you know, we're starting to see back home, we call it the promised land, mm-hmm. and, and experiencing, um, you know, enjoying the fruits of our labor. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yes, we're starting to see a way. Okay. Um, and myself having a job here, my, brother having a job in the US working here, my parents are so proud of us because they're like, you know, we saw these boys here and their peers, our peers back home do not have jobs. Some of our friends that do not have jobs and being able to uh, have jobs that can pay us well enough to support our brothers, Mm -hmm. bring our parents in here, sometimes visit uh, is, is to some level like a measure of success for us yes and our parents are so proud of us and and i think to answer your question i think we're starting to see the way yeah yeah at 26 yes yeah yeah.
1: so i started that off as a question i'm going to turn it around now right and i'm going to double down on you have made a way Okay. and having a made, making a way doesn't mean you arrived right it means that you've already carved out something to follow True. you've laid down a blueprint and right. just because you have the blueprint doesn't mean the building is built True. but you do have a way for it to happen yes. right yes. and so and so you you already have made a way and you in the way that you have has already been made for you Mm. right yeah and so you so it, so the pressure is necessary right but the, but but it also is part of the reward of making the way mm-hmm. because once you get to the other side of where you're going right it, you have the fruit of the fact you have the fruit of knowing that like none of this was here right. before right true Th- the same way that your brothers followed you into this world -hmm. It's the same way they followed you out of uh, Uganda Uganda into America, right? Right? Yeah. And your parents now are getting the benefits of both worlds Mm -hmm. based on the fruit of what you're producing, right? The in in the grocery store, the where the vegetables and the in the in the fruit is called what the produce section, Right. right? Yeah. It's called produce. Why? Because it produced something, right? The seeds that were planted yielded something, something. right true. and yeah. so the seeds that you've planted at 26 have already yielded brothers that are living here right a mother that can vacation here, right. Uh, right 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 26 yeah. you're not 56 talking about this it's true you're 26 talking yes. about it right yeah and so so making a way doesn't is not meant to be not to sound conclusive mm-hmm. it's not conclusive it just means that uh the there is a blueprint. Right. There's a blueprint. And not only are you a blueprint for your family, Mm -hmm. you're a blueprint for, I mean, any immigrant, that I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with right. is going to say something similar to what you just said, right? Yeah. Unless they're coming from you know, you know, England or you know, somewhere. If they're coming from you know, uh, Africa or South America or somewhere else, right. they've had to endure some type of tyranny or right. dictatorship. Right. They've had to endure some type of you know, lock. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so that now they're coming to America with this dream, mm-hmm. and you you have the blessing of being the dream
2: and the reality, right? And and I have so many people that look up to me back yeah. in Uganda. Yeah. Um, I mean, my parents use me as an example to mm-hmm. so many other young people in look Uganda. Look at them. Yeah. I, 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 one of my professors flew back to Uganda last December to visit my parents. Wow. Because I I haven't gone back home since I came here. Mm-hmm. So she went with a team of other OU students mm-hmm. to see Uganda and ended up at my parents' place. Mm-hmm. And my mom has our graduation photos mm-hmm. hung up in the living room. Mm-hmm. And she was telling us that she tells people when, like my professor was telling us that she tells people when they come to the house mm-hmm. that one of my sons is helping run the city. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, because, I mean, when she comes to Tulsa, I take her to some of the projects we have down yeah. here. Everybody knows you. And, 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 yeah. and she's like, wow. Yeah. Like, you're helping run the city. Yeah. Which yeah, I don't know. And then she tells them that my my brother is an engineer. My brother used to work for PSO. Mm-hmm. and like he runs electricity yeah. in in Tulsa. Right. And like she's telling other people that you know, I'm so proud of my kids because right. there's a time where we didn't have much. Yeah. There's a time where we just wanted to get tuition to get them to school. Yeah. Um, I mean, to put this in perspective, like one U.S. dollar is equals to 3,500 Uganda shillings. That's how tough it is out there in Uganda. Wow. And the effects of COVID are just insane. Like people are struggling. Yeah. And so I I find myself, like you said, I mean, you know, I've not arrived, but in in some sense I have Mm -hmm. because of where I've come from. Yeah. And I've learned to appreciate the journey along the way yeah. because everything I've gone through has led me to this point right here. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would, um you know, I know you're a modest guy <laughs> and you're, you're modest and, and you know, and, you, and we all should be, right? Right. Um, but when a thing is a thing, call it a thing. Right. Right. And right. so I'm, I'm, I'm going to push you to, you <laughs> right. know, to own it, to mm-hmm. own it. Like you're here, you're here now and uh, no one can take away from you what you've done. You you did it. It's true. Right? No you, one
2: can take that away.
1: You've endured it, yes. right? And so all of that becomes very, um, it becomes um, DNA for what's next, right? right? And so if, if Tim can do this by 26, what could he do by 30? 30. Better yet, what could he have done by fifty? Mm-hmm. Better yet, what will his grandchildren do, right? Because of the seeds that are planted, like like if this is monumental to what's happened in your life in, in your your family's lifetime, right? What seeds are planted now that will become? I, we, we, one thing we talk about at New U is uh, how uh, when you buy an apple, you really buy an orchard. Mm right so yeah. when you when you see when i see when, when you see someone, don't see them as the apple, see them right. as the orchard, what that's else true. is in them? there's seeds in them, and th- those seeds don't bring forth apples, they bring forth apple trees, that's true, right yeah Which is, so that that means that one apple has thousands of apples in it, yes, right,, yes. and so you're actually getting to see the thousands of things or the 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 ripple effect I, I haven't seen it in my lifetime yet. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm. I'll, I'll be 42 in September, and I haven't seen the fruit. I haven't seen, like, I haven't seen the fruit of what I've done. What What it could yield. Mm. because you know it i haven't opened doors for my family in that way my dad did that for our family right mm. so i i've used his life as a floor to be right. or as a yeah floor for my life right right and so i'm creating my own trajectory for it now i've set up investment accounts for my nephews and i've done this and i've done that and i'm and i'm showing them a different way of living but right. i haven't really changed the trajectory of our last name yet mm. you're doing it at 26 i want you to understand the gravity of that that's why i'm kind of I'm I'm kind of harping on this a little bit. Yes. Like it's not just about America because America America has problems. Okay. It It has (laughs) deep, 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 deep therapeutic problems. However, um, when a parent sees all of their labor turn into a harvest, Mm -hmm. it does something to you. It does. Because so many parents never get to see the yield from the investment that they made in their child. True. And so the fact that your mother and your father get to see the yield. Right. And that you get to live and be the yield
2: mm-hmm.
1: is, I mean, we don't have to talk about nothing else. Like that is, the, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that really right. is the secret in the like everybody wants that. Right. Everybody wants their kids to do better than them. Right. And then for their children to do better than them mm-hmm. and for there to be this this uh chain effect of success and of longevity and of legacy right. that happens uh throughout our bloodline so kudos to you man i, I really you, salute thank you, you. can we get a couple of boobies <telescopes> <atravies içinde laughs> something like that? you know A whistle yeah. a wink or something right. kudos to you for thank staying you, the course thank you for saying that learning these cultures you, you know india right. to america yeah. to, you know languages and everything learn understanding that i you know my my path wasn't my path wasn't perfect, but it was ordered. Right. And you followed it. Mm-hmm. And where are you taking it to now? Well,
2: I mean, the future will tell. Okay. But <laughs> I am uh, in Tulsa right now, 26, mm-hmm. living in Tulsa. I I think I'm going to live in Tulsa for some time. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe indefinitely. But mm-hmm. like Tulsa feels like home right now because I grew up in a very small city. Yes. And this feels like... Um, home. I've been to other cities like Atlanta yeah. and like Houston and I'm like, this is too it's big a lot. for yeah. me. It's a lot. Um, And so right now, I mean, I'm just doing what, where, doing the best what that I can with the opportunities that I have right now. Yeah. Uh, working at, in Tulsa and then we'll see where that leads.
1: Two, oh, two questions for you. All right. Um, One is, can you take us through, so, you know, New Voices serves as a way for individuals who have, Uh, As a megaphone for individuals who have endured transitional or pivotal situations to be able to um, speak to that. Can you take us to a time where, uh, and it could very well be your your whole immigration story, but can you take us to a time where you've had to endure something and you just didn't know how it was going to play out? out. Yeah. Yeah. How did you hold on to hope through that situation?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I think for me, that was my immigration. The okay. uh, most recent one is my immigration journey. Okay. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of resisting. You, there's no assurances at all. Yeah. And when you're betting your whole future on mm-hmm. the US Somebody else's immigration decision. system, Yeah, yeah. it's just like stressful. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know how that was going to happen. I think I talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. I came to you. We prayed together at some point. Yes, we did. I did not know how that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, all you can do is just hope yeah. that it's going to turn out great. Yeah. But I, I didn't know how I was going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that really helped me and anchored me during that time was, mm-hmm. you know, just holding on to the faith that I am here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's not by accident yeah. that I ended up in Tulsa. Yeah. And it's not just going to end. Right. 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 Um. You know, I for some reason, I just had that hope in me that mm-hmm. either I'll get the H-1B mm-hmm. visa or something else will open up. Right. Um, and so that took me through that time, but like I just remembering, and it's not so far ago, it's like a year ago yeah, yeah, yeah. when mm-hmm. I was going through this process. Right. And just remembering, you know, talking to my brother, I'm like, hey, I mean, one month from now, I could be packing my bags going back to Uganda. Mm-hmm. And like my whole family is looking up to me and they're like, you know, we're hoping you get selected. Like my, let me, let me maybe explain what really happened. Like my parents were praying. Mm -hmm. Like we hope he makes it. Right. Everyone that I know, um, all my friends. Yeah. And so I could feel all that pressure of everyone is counting on this breakthrough for this to work out. And it was the first time in Tulsa was also doing this. Mm-hmm. So there was just so much mm-hmm. that we didn't know, right. so much unknowns. Um, but I just held on to that hope of, I am here on purpose, yeah. for a purpose. Yeah. And uh, one way or the other, this is going to work out. And and it did. Yeah, um, and I think my biggest lesson was embracing that journey because there are nights where I was like, why am I even still working? Because I did not know if I'll, if be I'll here have tom- a job yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I also had a few people that were in my corner and it checked in on me. I think Megan did a great job as mm-hmm. my manager of like, hey, we'll figure it out. Right. I mean, I think that's one thing that helps us go through some of the hardest times of our lives. She's is Having those people. Having those yeah. people. Yeah. Like my, I had a great support system. Yes. My parents were praying for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, were supporting me, and mm-hmm. we would check in all the time. My brothers were supporting me, mm-hmm. and then my employer, my manager, was mm-hmm. also supportive. And then friends like you mm-hmm. who would like check in and like, what's going on? Right. When when should we expect this? The news? When are you expecting the news? And right. and keep helping and encouraging me. Mm-hmm. But uh, those people got me through some of my hardest yeah. moments. Yeah,
1: and I just want I just want to double down by saying this that you know when all things in life are variable are mm-hmm. variables right rely on the constant that's true everything else there's going to always be something that's going that was right. that was that storm mm-hmm. but in every situation where there's you're surrounded by variables right rely on the constant yeah yeah what um what would be a call to action for our listeners as we close out what would be, be a call to action for them? And then the other question is, how do they follow you? How can they connect with you?
2: Okay. I think the call to action is, uh, regardless of where you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came from a very small country. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of where you are, however small or whatever job you have, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, think big. Mm-hmm. Think beyond where you are. Mm. Uh there's just no limit to yeah. what you can do with a big vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when things get tough, you know, just double down. Yeah. Just hold, keep doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. don't quit. right? Um, and and you always make it if you don't quit, yeah. one way or the other. Um, and so people can connect with me on LinkedIn okay. and Facebook uh, um, or find me at 3 at in, in downtown in Tulsa mm-hmm. um, but I would love to connect with anyone that wants to
1: what's your handle on those socials
2: um, Timothy Moisigua
1: okay yeah alright
2: Yeah. Well, you thank you Aaron for having me absolutely yeah. it's my
1: pleasure this has been wonderful um, you all heard it from his mouth um, think big think big whatever you're going through think big i love it uh thanks so much for tuning in today we are you can follow us on social media linkedin uh, facebook and instagram uh, please take some time to go to our website uh, also you can follow new uh, go to our website and follow what's going on with new you uh it's my pleasure serving as your host thanks a lot look forward to hearing from you later
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of New Voices. Visit our website at www.newutulsa.com. That is N E W U Tulsa.com. Follow us on social media at New U Tulsa on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And a special thank you to our producer, Jesse Ulrich. If you're looking for self improvement, join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New You is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus.